Welcome to the August 28th sermon from Clifford Baptist Church, 635 Fletcher's Level Road in Amherst. Today's scripture is Joshua chapter 6, and the sermon is entitled, Facing Jericho, delivered today by Pastor Jeffrey Campbell. Well, church family, grab your Bibles, if you will, and go to the book of... There you go, book of Joshua this morning. I'm, I'm grateful that five people are following along and remember... <laughs> No, I know, uh, last week, you have, you, everybody has a past. Last week, we got out of Joshua, so it's okay. I'm grateful today. How many of you like a tough challenge? Wow. I love my wife, too. I just want you to know that. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, Terry. I love you. 17 years have presented challenges. But I'm grateful to stand with my wife. People that talk you into marriage, some of them are no longer there when the times get tough. The ones that stand with you on your wedding day, if you look back after 17 years, there are going to be some people that are no longer standing. And it's amazing what you have to go through as you look at life. That's just one small example of many of us face in this life. Tough challenges come in many different ways. Uh, venues, many different areas. And for you this morning, that tough challenge may be something personal. It may be something job-related. It may be something in your family. But listen, as we talk about a very familiar story in the book of Joshua today, listen to me, we all have challenges. You're not looking at somebody that is perfect, and I'm not looking at a bunch of people that are perfect either. And I know those that join us live stream, you understand that as well. But as we take a very familiar story, a literal Jericho is what we're going to look at today, the entirety of chapter number 6, we understand that the Israelites have faced tough challenges. They have marched into Gilgal. The males have been faithfully following God and, and following that to the point of circumcision. And the captain has come to take over the Israelite people. But here is the object that lay ahead. They have crossed a river, they have, have, have mounted troubles, but Jericho is in the forefront. And friends, I want you to know that I believe that many of you are familiar with this story. But today, we're going to get three points as we face Jericho, as we talk about Jericho, the doubled wall city. Moses recounts in Deuteronomy chapter number 1, verse number 28, the, the spies' first report of Jericho, that the people there were tall, but also that the city was walled up to heaven. So they already knew what Jericho looked like because the spies had reported back to them. They knew what was in store, and the tremendous task of Jericho fell in the lap of Joshua. I want you to know that's no different than the difficulties that fall in our laps that we face. Two months into being your senior pastor, I see the walls. I see the walls of ministry. And sometimes they look impenetrable. 
But friends, today, here's the message that I want you to take away from this sermon is this. You can focus on those problems or those chances or those things that happen. You can focus on the walls, but when you do that, you're not focusing on the one who can tear down the wall. And so today, as we think about Jericho, we're going to look at it with the eyes of the things that you and I face on a day-by-day basis. Take your Bibles, Joshua chapter number 6. Verses 1 through 5. Now, Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given unto thy hand Jericho, and the king thereof, and the mighty men of valor. And ye shall compass the city, all ye men of war, and go round about the city once. Thus shalt thou do six days. And the seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of the ram's horns. And the seventh day you shall compass the city seven times. And with the priest shall blow the trumpets. And it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when ye hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city shall fall down flat. And the people shall ascend every man straight before him. Let's stop right there. As we consider point number one today, you are are the people of Israel, they were facing Jericho from the seat of victory. Now we've got to keep that in mind now. From the seat of victory, they would face Jericho. As God spells out this plan, as they would conquer this city, guess what? I love it because Jericho knows what's coming. The enemy knows what they're up against. Israel knows what they're up against. So we have somewhat of an even battle, but whose side is God on? That always matters. That always matters. No matter the day of Jericho, God was on Israel's side. And friends, today and this day and time, God is still on Israel's side. And so we've got to be careful of whose uh, whose side God is on. So we see God on the the side of 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 the Israelites. But as Rahab reported back from Jericho, the people of Jericho are scared to death. They are scared to death of the Israelites, of God, of what God is doing through these people. They have crossed the Red Sea. They have crossed the Jordan River. And all of that has made its way. The news has made its way to Jericho. And so Jericho is there. And in verse number 1, it tells us that they shut the city up. No one goes in. No one comes out. And so we've got to remember that. The gates are locked. No one is moving. Nothing can get in. Nothing can get out. No one is moving. So what do we do? We look to God and what God's plan is. Now, as I read this as a little boy growing up, I said, there is no way that marching around a city could tear down a wall. That's what I I thought. And then my Sunday school teachers poured into me and, and the people around me poured into me and they taught me that God can do anything. God can use anyone And what God has promised to the people of Israel is this. Jericho is already defeated. Look with me in verse number 2. 
And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given unto thy hand Jericho and the king thereof and the mighty men of valor. I've already given it to your hand. It's a done deal. Let me ask you this. Anybody grow up here playing sports? Man, when you face the best team or the best player, what was your mindset? Mine was this. We're going to lose this one. You face the big picture. I'm going to strike out. I already know it. Let me go up there and just take three hacks and go back and sit on the bench. It's different when you face something from the seat of defeat versus the seat of victory. And friends, today, I want you to know this in a very real way. Some of you are facing life from the seat of already been defeated. You've heard the news You've read it. You look at what's going on in life and you say there's no other way. There's no other way that something good can come of this. Just like Jeffrey standing against the, the, the best pitcher. You give it your best and whatever happens, happens. Friends, that's not how you face life. We as Christian brothers and sisters must face it from the seat that God is on our side. And how people go through loss of life and death and tragedy and experience life without God, it does, I don't get that. I don't get that. Because it seems like you're just flailing at whatever good can happen and you just take what you get. I want you to see that Joshua was fighting from a place that God had already guaranteed victory. And friends, I've read the end of the book. I don't know what the rest of my years are going to look like, but I will be victorious one day. And I hope and pray that you know that as well. That you will be victorious. No matter what life throws at us, we face it from the seat of victory. My God is willing to fight for us and with us. One of my favorite scriptures and it's often taken out of context, is Romans 8, 37. And that verse says this, Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors. And we stop there. And we parade ourselves around, I am a conqueror, I am a conqueror. Listen, friends, you are nothing apart from the last part of that verse. Because the rest of the verse says this, in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. I cannot conquer anything on my own. And you will not either unless you have God on your side. Unless you trust your life and your, and your moments to God. And those things that, that crop up to God. I'm going to step out on a limb here and say this. There are some people in this room today, maybe even watching live stream, that are fighting something even today all by yourself. And that's not the way it's been intended to be. God wants to fight the battle. So as we understand the battle is before us, Jericho is before us, what is the plan that God lays out for his people. Here are the literal marching orders that are given to Joshua. The men of war will march 
They will lead the priest who will blow the ram's horn. Uh, usually that is done in, in moments of celebration. But on the, the seventh time, on the seventh day, the people are going to shout, the horns are going to blow, and the walls are going to fall flat. In my wildest imagination, I would have never planned it that way. I would have circled my friends together and said, grab your guns and let's go. But that's not what God does. God fights very different than us. And so friends, from the seat of victory, from the seat of being a conqueror today, how do you conquer that which is impossible? Two words, with God. With God. Friends, there are many that can't see that, that will refuse that, and will choose to fight alone. Let's move on in our story. Verses 6 through 16. Here's what God's word says. And Joshua the son of Nun called the priest and said unto them, Take up the ark of the covenant and let seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord. And he said unto the people, Pass on and encompass the city and let him that is armed pass on before the ark of the Lord. And it came to pass that when Joshua had spoken unto the people that the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of the ram's horn passed on before the Lord and blew with the trumpets and the ark of the covenant of the Lord followed them. And the armed men went before the priests that blew with the trumpets and the rearward came after the ark and the priest going on and blowing with the trumpets. And Joshua had commanded the people saying, Ye shall not shout nor make any noise with your voice. Neither shall any word proceed out of your mouth until the day I bid you shout. Then shall you shout. So the ark of the Lord compassed the city going about it once, and they came into the camp and lodged in the camp. And Joshua rose early in the morning, and the priest took up the ark of the Lord, and seven priests bearing seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord went on continually and blew with the trumpets. And the armed men went before them, but the rearward came after the ark of the Lord, the priest going on and blowing with the trumpets. And the second day they compassed the city once and returned into camp. So they did six days. And it came to pass on the seventh day that they rose early about the dawning of day and compassed the city after the same manner seven times. Only one, or excuse me, only on that day they compassed the city seven times. And it came to pass that the seventh time when the priests blew with the trumpets, Joshua said unto the people, Shout, for the Lord hath given you the city. Real quick, look at verse number 20. So the people shouted with the priest, when the priest blew the trumpets, and it came to pass that when the people heard the sound of the trumpet, that the people shouted with a great shout, and the wall fell down flat, so that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. Wow, that's a lot of reading, isn't it? Point number two today. When you face Jericho, you face it with a faith that fully trusts in the Lord. Real quick, look at me, church. The word you need to underline there is fully. A faith that fully Trust in the Lord. As the marching orders are given, 
And the order of marching was very important around Jericho. The armed men, then the priests that blew the horns, then the Ark of the Covenant, then the rear guard. And verse number 10, it required total silence other than the horns blowing as they march. Now, if the Lord required total silence of me, whoo! Terry tries it sometimes, but she's not God, right? It's hard to shut me up. I, I, I would sit there and fidget, and, and it seems like I've got to be talking. So as I read that, they just had to be totally silent as they marched. Not talking, not making a sound, just following the orders of the Lord. Until that moment comes, until the day comes, that it's time to shout. And when that time comes, you give it all you have. As I looked over that order and I said, Lord, what are, what are, you, what are you trying to teach me here? Here's what God put on my heart. These plans are never fully given to all of Israel. Day by day, they had to trust the plan of God. They had to march around the city, and it's just one time today on the first day. On the second day, just one time today. On the third day, just one time. The fourth, the fifth, the sixth. It's just one time that we're going to march around the city. And at some point, if we'd done that here today, somebody would say, I'm not doing this anymore. This is stupid. How about this side? Can I talk to you for a second? At some point, somebody's going to say, the pastor is crazy. Balcony. At some point, I'm going somewhere else. This is stupid. I'm just like you. I'm human. I want the big sign on the wall that says, Jeffrey, do this right now and just be patient. Or Jeffrey, don't do this. I would love to hear that sometimes. But there are times and, and that, that God only reveals His plan step by step, moment by moment, day by day, and He expects His people to follow the orders. Not get too impatient. Not question what he's doing, but just faithfully follow what they're supposed to do. God plans out the whole week for the Israelites. And they don't even have to do anything, but just follow God. Just follow the orders every day, day by day, march around the city, and their week is planned out. After you march, go rest, go sit down, go be quiet. Tomorrow's coming. My mind wanders. The thought of wasted time. Feeling like I haven't accomplished anything. My patience level is being tested. Friends, I, I, God works on me too. But here it is. Just go take it by force. But that's not God's way. That's not God's way. If it's done any other way outside of God's way, it will not work. 
And friends, that's the message I have for my church family. We get a couple hundred people together. We all have ideas and we all have plans and we all have ambitions and we're all impatient. But if we get out of God's will, it will never work. It will never work. I want you to write those words down, please. If you're out of God's will, it never works. It never works. There are many Christians today that serve a Burger King God. They want it their way. And if they don't get it their way at church or with God, I'll just go take care of it myself. And as I wrote those words, I put my name there in parentheses, Jeffrey. Because sometimes God has to slow me down. But look, as day seven comes, God is still working. Look at verses 15 and 16. As it came to pass on the seventh day that they rose early about the dawning of the day and compassed the city after the same manner seven times. Only on that day did they compass the city seven times. Day seven comes. And here's God's plan. On this day, you go seven times. And as you march seven times, verse number 16 says, The seventh time when the priest blew with the trumpets, Joshua said unto the people, Shout, for the Lord hath given you the city. That's when God works. That's when Joshua stands up and says, Today is the day. Before I move on from this point, I want you to know how important the number seven is. Seven is the number of, com of completion, of perfection. Seven priests, seven horns, seven days, seven times around on the seventh day. You see the number seven, 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 over and over and over. It is the number of completeness. And as that number is reached, the shout is given and the city walls fall flat. Looking in the commentary, there's so many, so many people that say, hey, it was an earthquake. How many of you believe it was an earthquake? Please don't raise your hand. <laughs> I want to tell you what my Bible says. Write this down. Hebrews chapter number 11, verse number 30 says this. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell. By faith. Because the people were faithful, God worked. And God destroyed a city simply because... The people are faithful. God honors faith that will fully trust Him. And the prime example of that in my life, the modern day example, is prayer. There are so many battles that Jeffrey wants to tackle and fix and solve himself. I am a fix-it person. I want everything to work right. And when something isn't going right, it bothers me. And friends, there's a lot of things that, that don't go right. But until you finally figure out just to trust Him and give Him to the Lord, that's where we need to be. And prayer is that, that place where I can hit my knees and I feel like I'm in the battle. I feel like God is fighting that battle for me. And I'm not doing anything, it seems like. I'm just faithfully praying and God is doing the work.
Church, however many years God gives me here, if we will faithfully pray, you will see God work. I'm going to say it one more time. As a church, if we faithfully pray, every single one of us, you will see God work here. Not somewhere else, here. I'm calling you to be faithful prayer warriors. Point number three today. Look at verses 21. We're going to skip a couple of verses. I'm going to come back to them. Verse 21 through 27. And they utterly destroyed all that was in the city, both man and woman, young and old, ox and sheep and ass, with the edge of the sword. But Joshua had said unto the two men that had spied out the country, Go into the harlot's house and bring out thence the woman and all that she hath, as ye swear unto her. And the young men uh, that were the spies went in and brought out Rahab and her father and her mother and her brethren and all that she had. And they brought out all her kindred and left them without the camp of Israel. And they burnt the city with fire. And all that was therein, only the silver and the gold and the vessels of brass and of iron, they put into the treasury of the house of the Lord. And Joshua saved Rahab, the harlot alive, and her father's household, and all that she had, and she dwelleth in Israel even unto this day, because she hid the messengers, which Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. And Joshua adjured them at that time, saying, Cursed be the man before the Lord that riseth up and buildeth this city Jericho. He shall lay the foundation thereof in his firstborn, and in his youngest son shall he set up the gates of it. So the Lord was with Joshua, and his fame was noised throughout all the country. And that concludes chapter number 6. Point number 3 today is when we face Jericho, follow through completely. Follow through completely. As Jericho falls, the Bible says that then Israel took to the city. I skipped a couple of verses that I want to highlight here uh, to make sure that you know because it leads into next week's sermon. Verses 17 through 19, you see that Jericho is a cursed city. Okay? That city is cursed. And so as God has placed the city on uh, the curse on that city, here are the rules. Take nothing from the city. All that belongs to the Lord. Put that in your memory bank as we head to next week. But there are quite a few things that happen here that I want to kind of spell them out real quickly. Number one, that accursed city is mentioned. And all the brass and all the gold and silver, God says, it belongs to me. Why did God do that? Personally, here's why I believe that God did that. Who, who won the battle? God did. Israel did not have to do anything, so God says, everything belongs to me. That's the rule, number one. The second thing, the city was destroyed. Everything in the city was destroyed except for one family whom we've already talked about, that is Rahab. As that uh, war begins, they draw their swords, they go into the city, they, they wipe out that city, a very wicked city before God. And I want you to understand, guys, we've got to get this point. Going forward, you will see this. 
The message is this, nothing can survive. Wipe it all out. And I know it's easy to sit back and say, why? Why did God do this? There's a lot of things we can question God on. Why God does certain things. But Jericho was an accursed city. If anything made it, it would influence his people. So everything had to go. Everything had to be destroyed. And we see that. The nation of Israel could not be put into jeopardy. And for 40 years, that nation wandered in lostness, wandered to their self. And 40 years, 40 years, they had to learn that they were God's people. But listen to this. 400 years prior, that's how long Jericho had to come to God. And they never did. They never, ever came. And so God was destroying this city because of their lack of faith. I know it sounds hard, and I know it sounds tough, but those are the marching orders from God. The next thing they, they do is they rescue Rahab, and we see that in verses 22 and 23. The entire family, as they are good to their promise. How many of you know that God is always good to His Word? Rahab and his family are saved. They are rescued from the city, and they are taken away. Then they began to burn the city. And save the spoils. And at the very end, the city is cursed. God curses not only the city, but also the person who tries to rebuild it. The family that tries to rebuild it. Follow through completely. I'm going to sum that up in our language today. Finish well. Finish well. Friends, I've been in this church for a number of years now. Walked beside you. But many of my faithful mentors now look at me. And here's the message. We've got to finish well. We've got to follow completely what God tells us to do here in this place. There's a lot more work to do. There's a lot more ministries to be had. There's a lot more people to be saved. But if we don't do it completely and we don't do it right following God, there's no use to do it. There's no use to do it. So this morning, there's a couple of ways as we approach the invitation time. The first one is this. Church, what are you facing? What are you facing that the pastor may not know or that the church may not know, but only you know that it seems like the Jericho wall city that is there and it can't be overtaken? I would offer you, God. I would offer you to be faithful to God no matter what you're facing. No matter what it looks like. No matter what you're fighting, be faithful. Something may seem impassable, something may seem impossible, but with God, with God, we know that all things are possible. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. If you're facing something that serious, maybe it will cost you a few steps of coming and kneeling and putting it on God's plate. Do that today. Put it on His radar 
put the battle in his hands and walk away, faithfully following and trusting him to fight for you. The second point of invitation today is this. Maybe you are worn out. Maybe you say, Pastor Jeffrey, I don't know which way to go. I don't know what to do. Today starts a stand. A stand that says, I will trust the Lord no matter what. And the third one today is this. Possibly there's somebody in this room today that has never fully trusted their life to Christ. I can't set the table without inviting you to come. Jesus Christ forgives every sin. Jesus Christ changed my life. That's the only reason I stand here today. Because of Jesus Christ. Today, if you need the touch of Jesus Christ in your life as Savior, He promises to do that. He promises not only to change your life, but to fight your battles. Is there something, someone, that you need to trust God with today? An old rugged cross changed it all, changed my story. Today, I pray that it could change yours. What will we trust? Will we trust ourselves? Or will we go from here trusting our Savior, Jesus Christ? Let's pray together today. Father God, Lord, in a moment of invitation, Lord, I pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit begin to move. Lord, we trust that you are the one that fights the battle. You are the one that prepares the way. You are the one that has answers. Lord, today, maybe there's somebody in this room that, that is in a fight, and they just got to turn it over to you. God, I pray, Lord, that you will take that fight, that, take that battle, and begin to work. Lord, I pray for a church body that will faithfully follow step by step, ministry by ministry, moment by moment. Lord, it's so easy to shake our head and say, I wouldn't have done it that way. Lord, I pray for submissive hearts right now. Mind being the first, God. Mind being the first. God, today, if there's a need for Jesus as Savior, I pray that one would come. Lord, you offer salvation to anyone who will believe. God, I pray they come. Lord, in this moment of invitation, we give it to you now. In Jesus' name. Clifford Baptist Church invites you to join us for worship every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For more information about our church, please call our church office at 434-946-0555.